You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzay Shabbos Kodesh, I guess we would call it Erev Hanukkah. This must be Rizcha Daraisa. I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofer. I don't know if the Oivim realized that we missed the week, but we'll try to make this a double-barreled, super-duper version of our... So I guess there's a lot we could speak about. As we're, I don't know where the title is. Chaga Urim. I don't know where that came from. I think it's an Israeli title. It's modern Israeli. Israeli. Well, uh, one of the reasons we didn't learn last week is we didn't learn. Didn't have... Didn't learn, yeah. The world did not learn. <laughs> the world did not gain from our conversations. Right. It's because Gabavron was attending this strange ritual which was somehow infiltrated into Judaism over the years, which is not mentioned in any of Chazal and seems to be totally made up of Upshanish, of his grandson. Yes, well, yes. they call in Hebrew, and uh, Hashem, no, Arabic, he, Arabic. Yes, but it's it, it has entered into Israeli parlance as the halakha. Yes, yeah. Um, now, let me ask you that before you uh, diss on something which uh, seems to be in the in Kisfei in three or four places. It's not Kisfei. Yes, it is. No, yes, yes, it is. The Ari went to be Megaleach Roish of Benoi. I, 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 I talked about the Ari going and Lag Boimer to be Megaleach. Right, but there's no, the Ari might have done it, but there's no source in Kisveri, per se, as to why we're going to do it and how it comes from anywhere in Chazal. Thus, One second. It does yeah. say, again, you, you want to go find the modern Mekoyimus, we'll find them where it says... No, they don't exist. Well, what, what we're talking about a three-year-old or not? What were we talking? Three-year-old, three-year-old, a three-year-old. Yes, was the Ari going to do a, a haircut for his three-year-old? It could be. I'm not. It doesn't matter. It's ultimately there's no source for it. The Arizal doesn't point at some earlier source and say because there are Okay, the Arizal doesn't have to point to an earlier source. Was the Arizal? He does. Of course, he does. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, that's, you're right. Says, yes. Back office says the Ari has to point this <laughs> right. out. You're right. Nobody has to do anything. We can we can make up anything we want. Ain't no you're right. The Ari doesn't make up anything. We're talking about we're talking about someone. The can make up things, and then people they made up a couple of Shabbos. It's a beautiful minute. When nobody should say a couple of Shabbos is Ikradin. Nobody has time a couple of Shabbos. No, you think the Arizal and his Anogas were things he made up? He makes them up, like yes. Bechoffer makes up his titles. Yeah, he, sure, has, of course. No, 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 no. no. We're talking yeah. about someone who was. Well, uh, no, I, I say if Chazal don't have it, the Rishayim don't have it. Obviously, that result made it up. But it's beautiful, man. It's very nice. That some people can say it's based, uh, based on psychology. Some people can say sociology, maybe. But, but maybe it's based on Kabbalah. We also but have in the, we also have in the Sefer or Kiyach. Where he also speaks about the idea of chinuch oisios at the age of three, and he's medame it to the pasuk of kodesh elu and lashem, right? That how many states are haircuts or not? What? Right. So what we have you're obviously is a, playing, play, you know, uh, playing a, a, a game there when you mention three years old, and you say, "I'm starving." We're supposed to infer from that that they did a haircut at three years old. You don't mean that, right? No, no. What I'm what I'm saying is, there's already the Ari. We know cut the hair of his child only at three. Number two, we also know that it's already in the Sefer Rekeach. 
seemingly from a medrash that we don't have. That's true. Do we know that Risa actually had kids? Let's, okay, let's go. Let's do a search for the Arizal's children. I'm sure they're rare, around somewhere. The point. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if we don't have any Messiah about Arizal having children. Okay, nobody obfuscates like you. Okay. Yes, yes. Nobody does it as 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 as. as blatantly as you. Okay. Look at Wikipedia. It just says about his personal life. Here at age 15, he married a cousin, the daughter Mordechai Frances. Being right, now, right, now we're going to Wikipedia. That's the all the sources of 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 Chochmas Yisroel. He swore you show Yisroel. Now we know where Bechafer uses in order to be mafarsim all this great stuff. Right. Wikipedia, so Wikipedia say about, that's your executive producer. It doesn't say anything about kids, but let's see what there's a stool here somewhere. And by the external links, right, maybe look, we'll say. You do your research later. Here's the point. No, you're supposed to come with me this research, not me. Okay. Here's you're the, the one saying you had a kid. Okay, so you, you have the state for Rikeach who talks about, as if from a Chazal that we might not have, about Kodesh Yilum about how year four, as year four begins, that is when the Chinuch of Oisir should begin. The Alter Reb, of course, codifies that in Hilchas Talmiteiro with a special halacha that from the age of three, you introduce children to letters without necessarily giving them mikra, which happens at page five, which happens at age five. And therefore, uh, as the Svarim Akdashim, and I will say that from the from there on, we talk about the Chidah in the Sefer Avodas HaKodesh, right, which is pretty good enough for me. The Chidah says that this is... The Rizal did have kids. He did. He did. Thank you, Wikipedia. Bless Thank Wikipedia. You. No, no, it's time Wikipedia. Okay. How about that org? Okay, very good. But Can anyway, go okay, yes. As the Chidah in the Sefer Avedis HaKadosh says clearly that this is the Minag of of, of Chinuch Tepeus. He says this Chinuch HaOsius happens at the same time that you're Mechanech the child to cut his hair to cut it in a way that it's nicker that he's that from this point on he'll be nizar and gedayim will be nizar alav on peyas arayish because his hair is cut in a way where we. Know it doesn't that. sound from that that exactly the the neck can't get a haircut before that. Let's see what Wikipedia say about upsharing. I see. You know, why don't we just forget the show? Tell everybody to just <laughs> spend their hours on Wikipedia, and if they want, they can hear blah 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 in the background. You know what? Why don't you send them a tape recording of you droning on while they? By all means, I'll now drone on a bit more. Yeah, the upshare. The upshare. This is a relatively modern custom in Judaism, has only become popular practice since the 17th century. You're not, you're oh boy, seventeenth century. What is yeah. that? In, can you explain what that is? Sixteen hundreds, right? That's four hundred years ago. Uh, now, right? see, wait, wait, wait. First of all, the, um, the uh, Rabbi Chaim Vital wrote in the Shara Kavanos that Isaac Luria cut his, his son's hair like Bomer, according to well-known custom. Kiss for Yari, baby. However, 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 the age of his son is not mentioned. And obvious from raised by Avram Yaari in the article Tabits 22. So many sources say that Lurie has a watch and not once here oh, the entire sphere, including Lagba Omer. All right. Okay. Now we're getting into other questions about 
about, we, about, about Zmanim when it's also to cut your hair and where the Halak is matter. I am the Truvis of the great Kleisenberger uh, in, in many places in the Shef Achayim, and including the Divrei We know from Travis that from the 18th, 19th century, he was bonfires cutting the children's hair, had by then become an affair of the masses. Well-known Talmud scholar from Bulgaria, Rabbi Avram ben Izzo Rosnanas, that's in the submission of Melech, wrote that in his visit to Palestine, no, it could be the mission of Melech, no. <laughs> you, you're giving me so much stuff to. Edit who was him? Who was Who was he? Who was he? You you want me to start following you on Wikipedia now? No. Who was Who was? Why don't you share, there, share your screen with me? Is that what you want to do? Because anyway, okay, yeah, yes. sure. By all means, a pleasure. Okay. No, uh, one second. It's but enough that says, I have to see your face. Please stop. Okay. Hold okay. Me. So he says he started Ashkenazi Jew giving his son a haircut at the Lula. Rosanna said he could not restrain himself and went to the Jew and and tried to dissuade him. Uh, okay, you know what? Can we stop for, second? Second. stop for a second? Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Okay, look. <laughs> look. What is interesting to know? Sfaradim. Only Ashkenazim they were dissuaded. What is interesting to note is this is a minag that by the Chassidim, by the Sfaradim, and by many, even modern Orthodox and less this has been embraced. And the question is, is this something that should be encouraged as positive? The answer is obviously yes. No, the fact that you did not do this for your children does not mean that it doesn't, it doesn't have a very important role, especially for the emotional uh, impact that it gives, like you said, from a psychological reason of seeing this child not, not instead of being long tressed in diapers, he turns into more of a cognitive thinking processing. Turns from a girl into a boy. What? He turns from a girl into a no, boy. No, much more than that. Now he's been. Till now he's been with the women who raised him, and now he's going to go with the men. No, it's more than that. Till now, that's exactly what it is. uh, As as if you know anything, the brain science tells us, my friend, that at the age of three, the type of mental acuity that kicks in, the type of personality uh, development that happens, means that he isn't any longer just a a, a thing, a plaything, but he rather comes to recognize things. And we know, as brain science again teaches us, that the memories. Things that we develop in terms of our, our memory. Do you remember stuff when you were two? No. But I can remember loads of, of in things that happened from the time I turned three. And, and I don't even know if I had an upsharing. But my point is, is that three years old. Of course old, you didn't have an upsharing. <laughs> look, three years old is a, is a, uh, a age that is significant in development. And it makes sense that that would be a time to introduce certain types of information and also certain types of encouragement. Now, the fact that that also jives with, as you said, going away from the Vaber or seeing the child as someone who could possibly wear a kippa, wear his tzitzis more often, this is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And, and the truth is, Rabbi Yosef, that even if it's something that, as you say, is or was something that developed, just like staying up all Shavuos night became universal, which you love and you think is so great, and you've talked about on this program how important it is, I believe. Uh, but you're one of the people who don't stay up all Shavuos night. Right, right, yes, yes, and you're one of the people who yeah. thinks it's a great thing. 
Yeah, so, so don't be jealous. Jealous? I could I could stay up ten times longer than you on any single day. <laughs> but my point is, my point. I'm jealous. My point is, I, I I understand that this is something, especially look, staying up Shavuos night ruins Shavuos for so many people, and it's turned into a complete social uh, a social situation which goes against the whole whole. Never up. You will know. I, what do you think? I, I didn't stay up when I was a kid, and I saw it. And, I, and when I was uh, a, a rov in various shuls that I was a rov in, and places where I saw, it, you know as well as I do. So here we have a minute that was mishtal show from the Ari, and oh, that this is a holy, amazing thing to do. I know what happened to Beis Yosef, but I also know that because it got into the public the public domain, it bastardized the whole concept and turned it into a social phenomena and also a way to generate the most inane, ridiculous shiurim for people to try to stay up all night and push themselves in a way that they end up being zombies. Ladies and, gen- ladies and gentlemen, in case you did not realize, I might need to bring this to this uh, list to your attention. I don't know gentlemen Where my dear and wonderful colleague, Rebel, <laughs> says... Inane and ridiculous Europe. What he means to do is to taunt and insult me and say to me, "You are the guy who gives all those inane and ridiculous no, Europe." No, 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 no. The one that got you hired by Skokie and Shiva. Okay, well, look, that is true. There's plenty of other bozos that are part of this club, and that and I'm one not of the yucky. I'm not the yucky to be the one. You are right. There are some days that I that I I I say. It's because of this ridiculous minog that somebody happened to hear one of your inane shiurim on Shavuos night and decided that you needed to come to Skokie. And now we're stuck forever. Yes, where you have to be. Yes. But that's not, that's not, you know what? I've forgotten that already. But what what, what bothers me. By the way, did you know this? That it's fair in Chernobyl. They gave the, again, they gave an upshot of two. Okay. Possibly. Look, all I can tell you is that, that, even if there are definitely a number of Litvish Shechever going tisk tisk, what are you doing this narish thing from? Including Rav Nota Greenblatt, by the way, who, who thought that keeping Rav Nota Greenblatt was looking down for you in Shemayim and laughing at you. Okay, right, but Rav Nota <laughs> would agree to me that if a family gets a chizuk out of this Indian, they could adopt it, and I can tell you that for my grandson. Ha- this happening without going into too many details was a very inspiring and wonderful. You know, I, I, yeah, I grant you emotion, your emotional high from that. I'm willing to give you the emotional. It's just as long as you understand it, a minute is one which is made up and is uh, really something which has I know, no, no basis. I, 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 no, it has a basis and it is connected to the Messiah. Whether, listen, I'll take from the Chida on. Because to me, 200 years is pretty good as well. Okay. Fireworks on the 4th of July, putting out your flag. Okay, you're not going to tell. Even Rabbi, Rabbi Victor Miller would say, I'll put my flag out. So I shouldn't uh, cut my child's hair. When I will tell you, Rabbi Yosef, bringing my two children, my son Chaim, who I brought to uh, <coughs> Rav Spielman, um, Rav, <coughs> Rav Spielman, who was a Makubal uh, in, in, in Brooklyn, who was the, the, the regesh of Kedusha that I felt, that he felt, when I brought my younger son to the, to the, uh, to Rav Tversky, an Enochal of the Baal Shem Tov, and other great tzaddikim, when my son took his, uh, uh, his oldest boy to 
the Kosovo Rebbe, there is a, a sense of Masoiro, a sense of Kedusha, and if that is an, that's an event. Look, we all know at a bris, the Rambam already tells us in the Sefer Marinavuchim that the regish that parents have is somewhat awkward because on one hand, the child is just, just, just barely alive. And of course, at the age of three, as the child has begun to develop, has become to understand, the type of, of sharing of experience is much different. And I think, therefore, um, that you could bring your children uh, to be to stick their fingers. All I can tell you is when I was able to tell my grandson and ask him to please, doesn't he want to stick his finger into these letters of honey and how eagerly he dipped his finger in and repeated after me, there's no greater nachas that one can get than that. And therefore, I, I believe this is an example, a good one, of how we can take, and I'll agree with you, it doesn't have necessarily the pedigree of, 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 of Kol Nidre, <laughs> although even Kol Nidre we could maybe <laughs> push out, considering. But, good example. Yeah. Right? Right? It is a pretty good example. Right? But Avopikein, it is something that is more... I would say has more of a pedigree than the Nidre Mode Sur. <laughs> which I don't know where it comes from. That certainly sounds goyish. Oh, for sure. And even Kol Nidre probably is Nigan was, was sure influenced by, as I think uh, where Jonathan Sachs indicated, which uh, classical composer uh, Kol Nidre seemed to have a comparison to. I am in his Ksavim that he missed. A lot of Chesidashim and Hagim as Nadish did understand that that the his own uh, grandchildren became Chabad Chesidim. And and he definitely understood the power of what, uh, let's say, the power of ritual and how it was necessary in certain times. And I, let's take this into Hanukkah for a minute. Clearly, yes, people can use the halakha or the upsharing or Lad Baomer even for that matter as a way to really uh, generate a new type of yomta for their family or for themselves. I, I think Hanukkah clearly uh, as we as we approach Hanukkah tomorrow night, has clearly been refashioned by different communities based on their spiritual uh, inclinations and what they would like the holiday to be. It's really it, it's like silly putty. You can really shape it into what you want. You can. Yeah, I, I spoke about I spoke about that by Shulis today, and I mentioned that you know the many reasons given by many different communities for Hanukkah. Most of them based on beating Greek culture, and then the question becomes, what is Greek culture? Is it Stamgoyish type secular studies? You know, stuff like that. And but the Rambam gives his own reason why we celebrate Hanukkah. Exactly. Right. The last words the Rambam says is that it's about independence, about the ability to have the control of our fate, the control of our country. Despite right. the fact that we know many of these um, kings were Oisvarfen, and whatever the Rambam's tfis on Jewish history was, he knew that not every one of those malachim during the 200 years right. was shameless to Ferris. And I spoke about the, the mile of having uh, independence, even if it doesn't last. Yes. And Rambam, that, that we celebrate the independence we had, even if it didn't last forever. Hanukkah is a relation of that independence, which lasted afterwards. So I think that that's, we, people don't realize that the, obviously a scholar like yourself 
knew the Rambam immediately. You, you don't need scholarship for that, my friend. <laughs> Any Bible history lesson in the beginning of Hilchis Hanukkah, because clearly that's part of the uh, kavana or understanding of the Simcha, like the Rambam is Meduyik, like all the Achreinim are Medayik from the Rambam, that there is an Indian of Simcha and Hanukkah. But however, I think what I would like to just c- contrast that to the words of the great Marami Rutenberg, uh, who says, who's, who, who liked to pour cold water on what was going on. And he said, all these Sudas and Simchas that are going on are Rishus. So you see already in Germany that people were taking this period and were using it as in ways that weren't necessarily, according to Rami Rutenberg anyway, were not mushrash in Chazal, and said, therefore, he says, these are all Sudas Roshos, meaning that from the Germans, and that's your neck of the woods, that they actually felt that, oh, well, Hanukkah, they were having the Hanukkah parties. They were obviously being misunderstood. Yeah, they had beer steins and started going, <laughs> ma, oh, zur, you know, yes, with, their... with a Bavarian lilt in their voice. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I could I could see it now. Um, all we need is the Lederhoisen. The, the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the, yeah, but the point is, is that, yeah, there's the Hanukkah and, and by the Mizrahi, by Mizrahistin, and by the not-so-religious Israelis, Hanukkah was the Chaganitzochein, right? This was a time to basically shore up the fact that the same way we beat them in 48, we'll continue to beat them, and et cetera, and and and. and Elevating the Mesiras Nefesh, which is something we're not going to talk about tonight, probably, is Nitlnach, which, by the way, just to tell everybody, next week, according to my production notes here, we are planning an incredible episode where it's going to be two Bechafers for the price of one, where the great Rabbi Yechanan Bechafer himself um, uh, will join the Rosh Hashiva of what? Of, of, of the five it's, towns? Yeah, it used to be Rosh Hashiva, but Yeshiva, it's a Yeshiva, 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 Right, the rub, the rub of many shoals, and maybe the rub of of of, of Avad Israel is, is there too. Myself, so we could we could have we could a whole bunch of rabbonim. Yeah. Anyway, so that'll be next week, Nitelnacht for sure. Right, you won't want to miss that. <laughs> I saw I saw somebody write this week that Nitelnacht comes from the word of that the word Menatel, meaning you lift up and take away the Torah on that day. That the Torah is Nitel on that day. Obviously, that is not the Shirish, but we will talk about Nitelnacht and with uh, the two Bechafers. I can't wait, man. I can't wait because it's just it's almost like. Yeah, it's it's like two. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, these having having both of them. No, parts. the ducks. The ducks at the uh, at the uh, at the amusement parks. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a little bit of whack a mole going on. That's Hanukkah, Hanukkah, where they could enjoy uh, the beauty of Lima uh, It was oh, you know, it's interesting how in, in, in European communities it was a shtickle of time off for Abayim. Um, Rebbeim would get a little bit of a break and sometimes get a little extra envelope. Um, and there was a shtick on emphasis, I think, on, on Limud Achumish, uh, of the Parshios. So it might be a time to, to not, to check out the Parshios, especially if you want to, if you can get a hold of, 
the Pshuta Shomikra Chumash, which as I've talked about here in another, uh, on another aspect of this platform, is I think lying under, uh, for about the last four weeks, a Cherem Chomor that has been uh, emphasized by the G'dayer Shishiva in America, uh, Rav Aaron Feldman, Shlita of Baltimore, uh, Rav Olshin, Rav Yerucham Olshin in uh, Lakewood, along with uh, Rav Malkiel Cutler, uh, the two Rav Shustals, uh, and I think there's some other uh, Poiskim as well, Rabonim and Rosh who have added their names, uh, the Chayrim, and I, I don't know exactly uh, which Rabonim and Eretz Yisrael. Uh, That's so many. That's so many. Uh, Rabbi Yosef, uh, again, I don't, uh, this has done one thing, and it's done one thing very well. It's raised the price uh, through <laughs> the through the roof. It's actually rocketed like a meteor, the cost of getting from the Leishan Publishing Company uh, the edition of the original edition. They've already, they've already actually promised to give out a second edition in which they address some of the concerns. I don't know who he is. His name is... He saw our Kletzkin, and then he lives in Lake, Lakewood. And he says he met there with Shlem Miller from Toronto. He asked him with Derek Heretz if the reason that he didn't sign against the Chumash is because they didn't ask him to sign, which didn't make sense, or because he thinks that there's something strange going on. And he said, Shlem Miller said, they certainly asked me to sign. And I asked them, Against whom am I signing? Against the Ibn Ezra, against the Ramban, against the Malbim, against the Raubach, etc. So, um, of course, Shlomo Miller is a Pikeach, he's a Chochem, he's an Ilui. He understands that this whole thing is notish. It makes no sense. So I actually had a conversation on Shabbos with a couple of, uh, a, a couple of Yeshiva Bachim from Older you know. First of all, let's just tell everybody what this, what this is. This Sefer Pshuta Shomikra is sort of, uh, it, it actually has Rashi, Pshuta Shal Rashi, and on the other side of the page is the is, 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 is a compendium of various Mepharshim, not quoted necessarily verbatim, but basically distilled. And it's a way, it's written in a, a pretty much a modern Hebrew, in a way that addresses what is probably many of the pshat questions that a person learning Chumash might have, and difficulty perhaps with the psukim. And you are correct, as Roshulman Miller says, much of what they quote is really from the classic Mepharshim. We all know that Raubag is the outlier there, but Raubag and others, or Kaspi, I don't know if he gets mentioned. The Rashbam, the most obvious example is the Rashbam. Yes, of course, and the Rashbam himself admits that this is this, this is not a. So, uh, uh, so every Shabbos, I was having this conversation with uh, with uh, so a couple of the Haniche Shivas, and uh, you know, I told them that Mizrachim they had they had a, had a hard time for some reason. Obviously, uh, being brought up in Yeshivish mentality, they had a hard time thinking about Mizrachim as not binding and being metaphorical, and it had to come up that. Uh, we discussed, like, the, they said to me, you mean, one of them said, you mean, the mother matters about Esau having committed all those Avedas when he turned 15. That's not historical? And I said, no, it's not historical. And I happened to see the over Shabbos, Rabbi Avram ben Rambam, who is one of the Gdoli HaPashto on him. He talked, talk, writes about the, 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 this, um, about, uh, the story of Esau and all the Avedas. He says, 
Hemamarim Hashem Bohem Yofi Shoshir Umalitza Lom Reim. So the Abhem the Inu Mukhuvarim La Oskim image Russian Kaila. Esau had the meat of Shlemus, just not in the same meat of the Yaakov Which actually, as he points out, he was very similar to the Slabot Kashita, right? That Esau of Russia was a Kodesh Batar, and if you looked like a look back at Rosh Hashiva, it was a Frat and Hamber, and we'd of course put him on the Mizrahvant. So it was the other Rosh Hashiva. Okay, okay, look. Rabbeinu Rambam is a is a favorite uh, topic of mine. I have examined. I'm not saying I'm an expert at all, but I have looked. Oh, you're an expert at everything you put your mind to. I have gone through um, the Sefer Amaspik, especially the polemical parts, where he talks about how he was attacked for adapting what was clearly Sufi mentality and a Sufi Hanhoga in Tfila, and he talks about how it's not a stira in terms of the types of Ishtach Avoyas. Uh, he was, uh, to say he was an independent thinker is, a, is an understatement. To say he was the ultimate um, arbiter and understander of his father is also probably not true, uh, as he uh, was... Yes, a, but in, a, in, a, in the relationship to his Agatha, it's certainly is true. You know, you know, but look, he clearly was aware of what his father probably would have said about things. And yes. No, we don't. if you take a look at the memory of Rabbi Abraham and the beginning of the Enyako, and see what the Rabbi Abraham writes in Sakramatu's way, it's the same thing. It's just a Rabbi Abraham elaborates. Right, right. Now, again, but in terms of, yes, Rabbi Abraham ben Arambam is a perush that is just like the Raubag and others, is eye-opening, just like Rabbi Yezir and Rabbi Shlomo Miller knows that anybody who has the maturity to look in the Rishonim will find things that are startling. If all you have been uh, if all you've been nursed on is basically Rashi and the standard Midrashim that your fourth grade Rebbe wanted you to know. Yes. I want to one other one for this. Sure, go, go. I want to tell you, by the way. No, one second. One second. The main taina, hold on. Of the Pshutoshom and the Cheyrim is that that they they feel it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. That although the Sefer seems to want to elevate and make Rashi give Rashi the greatest place in the Jewish home, it's being undermined at the same time by the Haskolish leanings of the people who are working on this uh, project, and that what they are trying to do is basically. Even though it's on the same page, they would like to really siphon you away from Rashi and from Hazal, and to be involved in a much more Haskalah-like understanding that's it's, going it's to Mendelssohn's beer two o. Yes, and this is going to this is going to knock Rashi and the whole Mesira of being connected to the Midrashim of Rashi and Hazal. This is what they're. This is the agenda. The campaign against it. There's a 84 page Kunturist that came out, and now I just got an email last week. There's a second Kunturist that came out. If people want to read it, that's fine. I really believe, like I said, you know, the um, it's 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 a it's a it's a chaval that that this was this was considered significant enough to put a cheyrim on because it's going to take it's going to make people like Slifkin. Times are slow. It's going to make people like Slifkin salivate, and he already has, about yes. how ridiculous the Rabbonim are. And he's so happy that now he's 
his book is in the Chayrim, and this other one is in the Chayrim. Yeah. He's got a whole bookshelf of wonderful books that the idiots put into Chayrim. Again, Chachamim Hizaru B'divrayichem. Again, who was who was big? Who was who? This book. Who was being influenced by this book to go off the derech? Who was going to take this safer and because of it become uh, a, a, a masculine? We know in Eretz Yisrael, as my good friend Rabbi Adlerstein has pointed out, there is a movement of Kshutar Shomikra that's done in the modern Orthodox world where, yes, Hazal, and they're all, they are ignored, and there is an attitude which seems to be anti-Madrashic and anti-Chazal, but that's not who's buying this book. You know, this, and I don't, again, I was underwhelmed by the book. I want to tell you the truth. I, I, I it, to me, it almost like it, it's there to make things easy for people. And I don't trust them anyway. I don't trust somebody rephrasing Hirsch for me. I, look, as, as Rav Yosheber Salvechik said, that the Levy's translation got maybe 50%. Mordechai, Breuer's translation maybe got 80%. So I definitely don't want somebody taking Mordechai Breuer's 80% translation of what the essence of Hirsch was and then trying to package it for me and say, oh, this is what it says by Rosham Shaful Hirsch. I hate these type of svarim anyway. I mean, sometimes you, you need them because you need a quick vart, so you have to run and grab something. But generally, you know what? So again, I'm very underwhelmed by the book. And yeah, I know because it's a uh, that talks about uh, getting the the, uh, the big day kahuna, where Rashi interprets the milu yudeim that the big day kahuna facilitates based on the minag in France that when somebody was uh, designated uh, to have a certain position, he was given the gauntlet in his hand, and it, it was like a big glove. And the Rashi says, "Oh, this is it, right?" So the Ramban. Over there, in one of his most caustic comments, says divrei havoi and ein mevi and raim and ashoitim, and he still tries to be mechaber Rashi somewhat. But you can see that 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 that, that the Ramban's comments there are are are, are, are livid. If you look in Rabbeinu Avram, and then he says hatsarfati, which is the way he referred to as the Raiva did as well to Rashi. The tsarfati ki hibit boy v'halach He saw what was going on. But he decided to walk around. He didn't want to explain the thing truly. Instead, he saw what was happening. But if you look at what he's saying, you see that he's missing the boat. So then this fellow asked me, he said, so Rashi, he felt that this, this whole notion that literal undermined his entire acceptance of Rashi. And that like he had a crisis of faith in Rashi as a result of our conversation. And I told him, first of all, we have a, I'm sorry, I don't know from where, maybe you know, that whenever Rashi brings down a matter, she feels it's necessary with Shuto Shemikra. Even though, uh, yeah, okay. Other, uh, otherwise, what did Rashi mean when he said Ani Lafarge Prutisha Mikra Again, again, I, I refer our listeners to the conversation I had with Yitzchak Adlerstein, and we mentioned what the Chabadsker says, what the Obamacher Rebbe had said on, on, on that topic, and what I feel, which is that um, that these Mitroshim, in a way, respond 
two aspects of Pshuta Shomikra and are at least are not as wild and meant to be taken so uh, non-literally to be mystical. So yes, there probably is, if the two men sat in a room together, they probably would not understand 30% of what they were talking about together about these Mizrashim, I mean, uh, the Rambam's son and Rashi, had they been Zoha to be together. Um, you know, however, um, you know, clearly, there, you know, there's a need to expand people's understanding and the Havana they have when they're 10 and 12 should be a different Havana when they're 20, 30, 40, and 50 and becoming Balabatim and Anche Palisade or whatever type of Anshin Anoshim they are. And um, yes, yes, they, they they have to be sophisticated enough to understand that, that first of all, there's Machleksim in Chazal and there's Machleksim in the Darke Chazal. And that, as Rabbi David Svi Hoffman and others have pointed out, there's a fundamental debate between the base Medrash of Rabbi Shmuel and the base Medrash of Rabbi Akiva in Bechalal about how to view Midrashim and how uh, how mystical one should get in terms of uh, understanding things. So, you know, again, I, I, the problem is we don't trust our students. We don't trust them. We're scared. And these Haramim really generate the fire of fear even more, as if we cannot trust you. We we need to have a censored version. We can't, right? Very, very happy to join the Leshem Publishing Company as the target of the ire of the Rabbonim and Rosh Hashivas. We have more listeners. <laughs> I'm sure we get much more listening. Yeah, we would get the downloads, not only the downloads, but people would be itching to transcribe all of these things that we've been saying over the last couple of years. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. They could probably, you know, <laughs> and there'd be booklets coming out. Yes. Wonderful. Look, um, I'm waiting for, who's that idiot in there to throw? Ruvaini? What's his name again? Ruvaini? You know what I'm talking about. The one who decided to... Yeah, yeah Ron Ruvain? The one who decided to take on Ephraim Goldberg. He's their own Ruvain. The Talmud of Rabbi Mizrahi. I think his name is Ruvaini. Is that his name? Anyway, yeah, moving. Okay, okay. I, I'd be happy to join uh, Ephraim Goldberg and everybody else who was being attacked by Amnon Yitzchak and Yaram Ruvaini and all these people who and 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 be carted away, you know, in in our apikyrus uh, little cage, and you know, <laughs> our tapes would be burnt. Asvishalom. Anybody should ever listen to them. <laughs> Look, uh, listen. I the the uh, the light. Whatever that fire, I'm sure, would stand the umas, the 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 tahira that we know will go on in every Yiddish shtub, the tahira, the menorah of the of the beis that we hope to see, and the Hanukkiot that we understand will be burning uh, in all these uh, Jewish homes. Maybe that would have, I don't know, maybe like Yeshua that could have maybe helped you <laughs> not to be toya. Like such a fair, and and going out and deciding to you know to to, to blast people consistently. Baruch Hashem, Hanukkah teaches us there's so much for us to do, so much tayr to do, so much avas yisrael to work on, and Mir Hashem, we can say that 
You know, I, I saw a beautiful thing from the Yisoscher. He says that uh, that the reason why we say is because that even the people that are apikarsim rishoyim, the people who have who have in a way demonatic themselves, can somehow through hadlokas nerachanike, they're able to somehow tap in to an orangonus. Uh, a kedusha like a cook understood from like the Matoyu, that we can somehow be malvadim. So miyot Hashem al yidei hadlokas derachanike. We should talk about metaher kol ashrotzim. We should be. We should be. We should be. We should talk about zoyche to tap in to 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 mezachikas to the point that yeah, enochinami. It's it seems to be the dead of winter, but really, of course, it's really the beginning of ha'oregadayu. A lichtik and Hanukkah to everybody. We'll catch you next week on the special Nittelnacht edition. Don't miss it. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 